Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Greetings gardening lovers, wonderful to be chatting with you again and don't be shy with your calls. We are all friends here at Curtin FM. 94841927 is our number and when you call in you'll be speaking to a very special lady, Bev Daring. And our speaking of special, John, John Glidden, our chief researcher and garden show chef, he's also here with us. And we have a special guest in the studio with us this morning, Tim Griffin from the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. Good morning, Tim. G'day. How are you? <laughs> Get you nice and close to the microphone. Oh. Now, you can email us if you like today rather than call us gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And a big shout out to the dynamic duo Chris Bartlett and Mark Cartland, or Carlton, I should say, for delivering a lively breakfast show, as always, and acknowledging our cycling DJ Jim Crinan. He wrapped up breakfast just now with a cycling update and Jim will return at 10am with the classic 70s. Okay, all done. We are here. We are good to go. Faye, how is it? We, we're we good. We're good. Good, Ray. I've decorated the studio for you. I love that. Flowers. <laughs> if I'm surrounded by flowers, I'm a happy girl. Yes, thank well, you for that. Well, good, good. So yes. there's a bit happening out in the garden and we had a little drop of rain during the week. We had a little bit and a little bit yesterday. Um, yeah, no, well, yes, we'll take it. We had What what choices do we have? Oh, it's just <laughs> it is what it is. Very different to walk outside this morning and everything's moist. A wonderful moist. smell. Mm. Yeah, yeah, wonderful smell. What's that word? Petrichor. Petrichor. Petrichor, thank you. Petrichor. Yes, I love that when the mm. when the soil smells of rain. Yeah, best best fragrance in the world. It's good for you too, apparently. In, in regard to your it's, it's we- good well-being, for your well-being, to, health yeah. and well-being. Yeah, yeah. Many many benefits to gardening and the natural environment. People should remember. I yes, <laughs> I do. Tim Griffin is here in the studio till nine a.m. and then we uh, will have a changing of the guards. So I assume uh, Chris Ferreira, Mister Sustainability, is joining us between nine and ten. And uh, we'll just sit back when Chris arrives and uh, he will uh, run run that hour uh, very efficiently. We can well, have, we're, we can we're going to sit back for this hour because Tim's going Tim's... to entertain us all about uh, what's flowering now and Hoyas and what he's been up to. Okay, we look forward <laughs> to that as well. Like, Mary has called in. Let's just see what we can do. Mary, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you both? We're very all good, well, Mary. Thank you. I'm just thinking about my mango tree. We've had it about four years and I've had two lots of mangoes off it and they're finished now, but it's quite high. Can we chop the top off? Yes, or not? yes, definitely. We- Don't do it so much when it's raining. Uh, I suspect we're going to get some dry weather uh, and being a tropical tree... It's important for it to to callus over. You don't want to encourage rot. You could even consider sealing the cut. 
Uh, but yes, any any time now when it's not damp. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. We weren't too sure. Um, and also, is it uh, next month that you plant the garlic? March. So. Uh, oh, 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 March now. now. Oh. Yes, and with this oh. little drop of rain, yes, certainly get your soil prepared and and start getting crops in. Oh right, yes, I've got so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. I grow it every year, and I've got. I'll give it away to everyone. Oh, that's <laughs> right, lovely, yeah. Mary. I like it because you don't have to do anything to it. You just plant it and just let it grow. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yes. very good. Oh, thank you for the timely reminder. Right, yeah. Good. Thank you for that. Thank okay. You. Bye, Mary. Bye. 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 And today's program is sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery and a free bag of your product when buying six bags or more. Carry on. And Tim, what have you been up to since we last had you in the studio? So the wife and I decided to make a move. As in relocate your where you relocate live? Relocate my plants. <laughs> Everything so, else was secondary, that, that, I guess. I see these jokes on Facebook with semi-trailer trucks and people saying, this will be me when I move house, and the trucks just got, it is, you know. It is truly that way. It, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a mammoth task, right? I moved from five acres to 750 square metres. Yeah, so that's a my, my shock in itself. People that visited my block used to think of it as a garden centre. Uh-huh. Um, I had shared houses. Yeah, a bit like what Faye's got going Very on. similar to Faye's. Yeah. Not quite as nice. I've, oh. been, I've been to Faye's. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we moved to 750 square metres and somehow the house enlarged 20 square metres. That's the wife's idea of downsizing. <laughs> you got a bigger um, house. <laughs> <laughs> um and so for the last six months, my plants have been moved from A to B to C. And how does that impact them? Because I know plants, I know that from my own experience, is just changing their situation uh, can impact, depending it, on the plant, of course. But, yeah, in, position. In truth, what happens, you end up putting too many plants in one area. Mm-hmm. And Hoyers, which is my specialty, specialty if you wish, mm-hmm. um, they are a habit to twine and vine and yeah. grow. Mm. And we've had a beautiful summer that we haven't mm. had the 40 pluses. No. And we haven't had the big temperature drops from daytime to nighttime. No, we so haven't. So hoyas have really taken off. Mm. Um, the flowers have been beautiful. It's, it's been nonstop. Um, at any time you would find between five and ten different plants in flower. And somebody like myself maybe has two or three of each of those plants. Yeah. So there is, fl- there is flowers everywhere. Lovely. Um, but as I say, it's a jungle out there. Yeah, <laughs> in more ways they, than one. They mm. really have got into each other. Mm. So now, I've, ah, yes. Yeah, so now I have had one patio area finished. When people talk of life, they talk about inside and outside. Yeah. Or indoors and outdoors. Maybe yours is just blended. I'm in the shade. Mm. Yeah, all <laughs> um, the time. All the time. So <laughs> Hoyer's liking that early morning sun, mm. nothing too strong, um, dappled light, mm. shade cloth, 70%. 70? 70. 70. Okay. I, I would even go as high as 80. Is but, that so? Okay. 70 is the, the one that everybody can buy. Okay. Am I allowed okay. to say from the green shed? Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's keep uh, it real. Yeah. Um, so that's where all my plants are. 
as much as we've had rain today, I don't actually have a shade house at the present time. All I have is my patio. And so you're getting a oh, shade house yes. built? I, I'm in the process. In due course, yeah. But at the moment, you're in a holding I, pattern. I have a patio just finished. Mm. Um, 14 and a half metres by five, so it's a decent size. Um, I did show Faye a little glimpse of my plants under that patio. Uh-oh, yeah. No, it's quite nice. Oh, it's lovely. It's, <laughs> I it's, think. It but looks it's like a hot house and there are shelves and hangers yeah. and pots, trestle tables. Oh, the, How many plants have you got, Tim? Do you know? or how? Uh, uh, no. Well, how many truckloads did you move? Trailer loads, 20 plus. Oh, <laughs> ooh, no wonder your patio had to and be. And that's costly, costly too, huh? Or did you do it all yourself? I did it most of it myself. Yeah. Well, you can't trust anyone else to move your plants. Well, this is true, and I did, and I Mm. paid the price for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. Yeah. Mine have moved from their place of birth. (laughs) 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 Most Hoyas are grown from cuttings. Yes, yes. So somebody comes along, gives you a cutting, you you grow it. Most Hoyas are actually quite big plants. Mm. They, They can fill a three metre square wall quite easily in five years Um, a lot of people will grow Hoyas inside in their glass cabinets but they never ever get them to what I call adult plants because they need to be outside they need the space Uh, they need the space to grow Mm. Um, quite often a Hoya will put out a tendril one Two metres long. Oh, yes. Without a leaf, mm. initially. Yeah. When I think of Hoya Kerii. Um, mm. The heart leaf one. The yeah. heart leaf one, the mm. love heart one, the Valentine's mm. Day one. Yeah. The one that every lady has. Yeah, I've had that. Except mm. me. Yeah. You mm. don't have it? No. I bought it John. just as the little heart as a joke, and he grew. That's Don's plant, isn't it, right? Yeah, but I've given it away. Oh. <laughs> it got really big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you may remember three, four years ago, um, the green shed and another drop in names, Aldi. Aldi. Oh, uh, yes. The, the shop. Oh, really? They put out Love Heart Hoyers. Um, what, for Valentine's for Day? For Valentine's Day. Mm. And ladies were so pleased to receive them. Oh. But what they were, were a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. They were never guaranteed to grow into a plant. Exactly. Oh. But mm. I actually received four from my daughters. Oh, how cute. Dad grows hires. I'll get him one of He'll them. He'll get him one of them. <laughs> He'll like that. Yeah. And three of them actually grew yeah. and, and became plants. Yeah. So I, I was quite lucky there. Yeah. The majority don't. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I believe. So I was also lucky, but it took a long time. On one of them, it took three years yeah. before the actual shoot I think so. took off. Mm. Um, they will not grow overnight, but something like a Carnosa cutting, once it's in, um, takes at least two weeks to put small roots down. So how, how does, does one go about growing cuttings, Tim? So, for example, I brought in um, eight cuttings here. I, I tried to get two sets of leaves on the cuttings. Yes, two nodules, uh, which is actually perfect. Um, so them, I'll get you to them... explain that to the listeners so that they can follow you. Okay. So you, you look at your plants and you think, ah, 
Time to prune. Pruning normally means chopping bits off and throwing them in the bin. Yes. With Hoyas, it's slightly different. It's time to propagate. Mm. So you go out, look at your plants and say, well, that needs to go, that needs to go. I can shape this, do this, that, the other. Chop, chop, chop. Once you have all these propagations, cut them down to two nodes, four leaves. Four leaves. With yeah. Ideally. You can, you can do bigger, but... That's a, that's this, a good size. This, yep. this system works. All right, now we and like that. And you're we'll not... Stay with that. You're not trying to feed eight leaves or ten leaves. No, no. So the plant is first thing it's going to do, uh, once it is... I don't know if the word calcified, but once it's dried over... Once it's healed. So leave it three days. Normally I, I set my pots out where my cuttings will be going. Mm. I fill them half full with, I call it my mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we'll get to a, a that. Very open mix. Yep. Yeah. Um, half full, half a teaspoonful of just general fertiliser. Fill it up to the top. I put my plants on top of the pots then, which are going to be my cuttings, leave them for three days. Come along with a little dibble stick, yep. put my pot in, water them, and then I don't water them again for at least two weeks. Good, good. Good information. There's, well, all you're watering is soil and making it yeah. soggy. Yeah. The plant isn't taking up water, no. so what's the point of it being there in that mm. sense? All you need is that little bit of dampness so yeah. that when the roots do start, They've got somewhere to go and somewhere to feed. And with only being four leaves, it's not having to feed a bush. Or so a you don't take off the two lower leaves? No. No? no. Just take the cutting to that depth. Right, okay. right up to where that, that, that node starts. is? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so yep. there's really nothing in the ground. So I've cut on, on that. This one, that's, it's, it's a perfect cutting. So that's what I've done, Tim, I've cut it stem. to... Oh, no, it's a bit longer than that, sorry. Like, a, like I would prune a Hoya, yeah. back to a node. Mm. So there's still quite, an, quite a length, a couple of inches of internode attached to the bottom of that cutting. Correct, perfect. All right. Okay, good. Uh, Do you put it in a hormone powder or anything? I or use honey? nothing. Okay. Can you strike them in uh, a glass water. of water? Mm -hmm. You can. Um, ideally, I, I have grown some of the tender ones like Linaris, which is a very thin-leafed hoya, almost like needles, mm -hmm. um, in perlite. Mm. But the perlite is actually sitting in water. Yeah. So that, the, that moisture is always, oh, sorry, that perlite is always damp because it wicks up. Um, supports your cutting whereas when you put it in water you just throw it in there and something like carnosis and pubic calyx by all means just throw them in there and, you... a bit of water. and why why do you prune a hoya basically shape okay and when um that totally is up to you. Is not, when no, it needs it you, or not when it's off. finished flowering. Yeah. Perhaps. Oh, it's never ever cut off your peduncles. Yeah. Your peduncles are your flowering bracts because they will flower there every year. And what, okay, how do people identify that? Once you've seen a flower, you'll know the peduncle. Yeah. Um, I have a daughter who lives in England, mm. 35 years old. 
for whatever reason, she makes fun of me just for the way I say peduncle. Peduncle. <laughs> All right, we're going to learn what a peduncle looks like, and we may have to put a, a photo up on Facebook just to. And don't Show forget, people. our lines are open. You can ring us on any gardening subject, 94841927. Curtain Radio. And it's 23 minutes after 8. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio with us this morning, the president of the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society, Tim Griffin. Now, Tim, we've got calls coming through for you. We're in Cavisham. Ian would like, Vaughan would like to speak to you to you sorry uh, question for ian i'm confused by that we don't have an ian in the studio we have a tim in the studio vaughn good morning good morning how are you today? good how are you going very good go away go not go away fire away vaughn. <laughs> sorry we're in good form this morning vaughn interested in your hoya i've got a hoya that i rung you about before and you advised me to shift it which i did and it's gone mad uh, it's about um, two and a half metres across from one side and about a metre the other side. But the peduncles you're talking about, I've got heaps of them, but they don't flower. I've got, uh, well, I'm looking at now, there's probably nine that I can see, and they've got the little heads on them, but they don't flower at all. Okay, so what normally stops them flowering is either under or over watering. And what happens is, with hoyas, if a person sees the plant going backwards, they tend to water it more to try and fetch it back to life. And is that the worst thing? And that is the worst thing. They're mm -hmm. killing it. Okay. When people okay. see when people see peduncles forming, and they get excited about it because it is coming into to flower, they tend to water more often, and it knocks the plant back. Mm. It, it so really how it, often. How often would you water it? Sorry. Unless it's 40 degrees, no no more than twice a week. Okay. And, and in winter, down to once a fortnight. Yeah. The, I, think, I think you found my problem. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, yeah. And what about feeding and what about the condition of the pot, like being root-bound? The size of the pot. Yeah. Do they all yeah. impact on the watering regime? It, it does. So... For hoyas, you need an open mix. And an open mix, explain that to our listeners. So, cause, so all right, my, now my, you need to tell us how mix. to make your potting I, mix. I call it my mix because every hoyo grower has his own mix with a twist. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just the way... And is it top garden, secret? Garden people are. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite open. So it's a basically, I, I mix a bag of quality potting mix. Not the potting mix when you open it, it's full of just broken wood. Yes, I know so, the talk. Yes, yeah. a, a really good quality. A quality mm -hmm. potting mix. Yeah. Um, a quality orchid yes. mix. Yes, yes. Um, okay. I, I, I always throw in, to that mixer, I'm talking 25 litre bags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a five litre bag of charcoal. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, approximately 12 and a half litres of perlite. Mm-hmm. This it's like you're telling my recipe on air. Mm. Keep going. Yeah, this is what I do. Keep going. Okay. But there's more. Wait, there's more. A sachet of cinnamon. Right. A sachet <laughs> of cinnamon. Just to spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It was a tip given to me by... I've heard this before. Yeah. About cinnamon. By, well, I've heard by, it for gnats, By a gardener. Actually. Yeah, fungus gnats. Yeah, gnats. Mm. 
I have no fungus gnats in my outside hoyas. Whether that's just the way it is or it's that little bit of cinnamon, mm. I don't know. Just It's not going to do any harm, is it? I'm not going to stop putting it in. No. <laughs> and no. what about fertiliser? Slow release? Fertiliser, slow release. No, I, I'm quite happy with liquid fertilisers um, and any fertiliser that's on the market, basically. But I use it one quarter strength. Oh, you dilute it. Right, that yeah. dilute it right back. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, and maybe every six weeks. Now we have five weeks to winter approximately. Yeah. So you should maybe um, fertilise one more time and that's it till spring. Till spring. Okay. Taking yeah. this all in, Vaughan? I am. I don't think you need me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Vaughan. I'm thinking if you have time, you need to head down to the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society. Is that, is that something you'd do, Vaughan? Would you be happy to go along to a to a, a, a meeting and listen in? Uh, no, not no, really. really. I've completely right. really just sacked that with time, yeah. yeah. That's good. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Cheers Thanks for that. the call, Vaughan. And let's head to tapping. We're talking about bulbs. Sharon, good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry, this isn't about Hoyas, but I think that might be my next project. It sounds fascinating. <laughs> yes. But my question is about, I've got some um, Picasso ranunculi bulbs, and I'm a little bit confused about the depth of the pot that I should go in so they don't rot over winter, and how many, like given if you gave me a size of a pot, how many I could put in that pot so they would look really good but not be too compacted. Okay. Well, how many bulbs have you got? Well, I ordered a few too many. I think I've got 40. Okay. I would probably do uh, two how, or three pots, probably three because it's odd pots? numbers. It depends on your pot size too, Sharon. Oh, they can be – oh, that's another shopping trip, but they, they can Well, be I reckon it – about the size of a nine-litre bucket, and I would probably do three, okay. un- unless you're doing like either side of an entrance, and I would divide no, them. No, they'll be yeah, three would be good. Yep. Okay, so divide that. So about thirteen in a pot. It that'd be yep. fairly closely planted, but thinking back to Andrea, I would go the thriller, the filler, and the spiller. Mm. So yep. something that grows in there as well, like that will spill over. Um, thinking of different colour combinations, Lobelia or Allison would be good yeah. good plants that will fill the bottom of the pot. Um, and make it look pretty while you're waiting for your bulbs yeah. to come through. Yeah. So you're not just yeah. sitting there with empty, well, what empty. appears to be an empty pot. Dress the yeah. pots up so with some lovely... Nine litres, how deep would that be, sorry? How well, deep, like... you could certainly do a shallower, uh, you could do something like a 30 centimetre pot. Right, yeah. And they're unlikely to rot even through winter. Once again, it comes back to your potting mix. So having a good quality free-draining potting mix, not something that's muddy. And how deep does a bulb go down into the soil, Faye? Um, You plant it generally about the depth of the bulb, I think, below. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not very deep. And 30 centimetres would be more than enough. Fantastic. I really appreciate your advice and I'll keep listening on the Hoyas because that does sound like another project now. Oh, and you could do with another project, Sharon, so do, do, <laughs> do stay with us. Thank you so <laughs> we, much, ladies. All right, love. Take Bye. care. Cheers. Bye. And let's head to Queen's Park talking about Bird of Paradise. Karen, how are you going? 
Yes, good morning. I'm I'm fine. I was always also listening to the Hoyas. I have got one and have totally neglected it, so I might have to feed it with uh, with some cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, actually, what what I want to know, I'll have to go away again for a, a couple of months in two weeks' time. Can I cut back my roses, which look absolutely horrible? Can I really trim them hard now? Oh, I don't until know that I'd... Until I come back in, mid, in mid-June. Yep, wait till you come back. I mean, give them a dead head now, but don't do your hard mm-hmm. prune until June. They look so horrible, and my neighbour who doesn't want the roses, she inherited from her, from uh, from her predecessor, and she doesn't do anything. And they flower profusely, and and I'm so angry with myself. Yeah. I, I look after my roses and and treat them nicely and give them fertilizer, and she doesn't do anything. See, What's I, wrong with, well, with these roses? <laughs> sometimes I wonder if what we consider healthy um, by adding a lot of fertiliser or too much fertiliser, we can create mm-hmm. weak growth. What we need to do is create strong plants. Mm-hmm. So perhaps um, alternate and use a seaweed product rather than a mm-hmm. fertiliser. That can help. And last week we talked to Patsy Durack and she recommended... Seamongers. Um, Seamongers and go-go juice. So I tried to find it in Bunnings. I couldn't, um, but yeah. I will keep looking. There's well, a, try I, garden centres, Karen. Yeah, as well, because I think, you know, I find mm-hmm. when I go into nurseries, shelves are empty and the supplies are down and, yeah, uh, products are in high demand or they're just not getting the supplies through. So you really do have to shop around. Well, they probably sold out after last, last oh, week's show, right? That's what it was, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that used to happen <laughs> years ago. I worked I at... Um, Bunnings in the Green Life Centre and when Don Burke was on Friday night talking about the Rich Grow Potting Mix, it would sell out over the weekend. Yeah. It's just yeah. crazy, the power, uh-huh. power of media. And, yeah, I was talking to Patsy Jurek during the week and she mentioned that lots of people came up to her last Sunday in her garden to talk about her chat with us on air. It was just great. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it just and what about the bird of paradise? Can I cut them back now, hard or not? Or shall I yes, also wait? You, I don't think you can cut cut back a bird of paradise too hard. Yeah, yeah. Good luck because yeah. they're hard. I sometimes work. cut it back right to the ground, and yes. it, it keeps coming up again. But oh, I yeah. don't know whether it's too early. You'll be fine. Yep. If you've got the muscle power, get in there and do it, Karen. Oh, I have. I have. Oh, I have. good for you. <laughs> okay, great. I also sent you some photographs, but it's not, necess- not There's no hurry for that. Okay. okay. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks All for your right. help. Bye, Thanks, Karen. Bye. And Vera in Dianella phoned in earlier and she very easily strikes her Hoyas in water. Mm. That's what I said. Yeah. You, you, you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hoyas now, the last three years, the species have gone from 300 to 500. The varieties, there must be a thousand. Oh, yes. They're such a popular plant. Mm. And it's like a resurgence, isn't it? Because to me, they're, I, forgive me, it's like a nana plant to me. But a lot of the nana plants are really yeah, so evolving and, the, and, and it's probably my ignorance because there just seems to be so much more varieties or it's coming to the fore. I, I hear this saying, yeah. Grandma's Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it actually wasn't Grandma's Hoyer. Was it Grandma, her Grandma? Grandma was a young lady one time. Yeah. yeah. And she got a Hoyer plant. Mm. And she's kept it 20, 30, even 40 years. Mm. And so when her grandchildren of today 
come around and say, oh, Grandma's higher. When you were a child, as mm. the first generation, yeah, it was Mum's higher. Mm. So it, it's known. And so the carnosas and the pubicalyx, beautiful flowers. Mm. But once you start collecting, they sort of, they're the common ones. Yeah. Well, they're and they're abs- hardy. They're they... hardy. They're an absolutely beautiful plant. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some and that's great where, foliage. And that's where you start. Yeah, yeah. With, with what you call Grandma's Hoyer. Grandma's Hoyer, Grandma yeah. was once a young girl. <laughs> yes, no, well said. We're in North Perth. And Brian, how are you going? Good. How are you, ladies, this morning? Very good, thanks, Fabulous. Brian. Um, I just wondered if I could ask a Hoyer question, please. Please do. Go ahead. I've got a Hoyer in a pot, and it's growing very well, but it's got these, like, tendrils several metres long coming out everywhere. I'm not sure whether I should cut them back or what I should do with them. So what you have there is a very healthy Hoyer. Doing what hires doing what hires do. If you have the opportunity to train it onto a trellis, yes, please do. Okay. Ide- ideally, if you can train those tendrils horizontally, even better, yes. because they tend to flower more on the horizontal than they do on the vertical. If yeah, can- I've had. I've had two flowers off it this year. And I was very, my wife, whose parents used to have one, is very excited about how it's going. Well, you have a healthy plant. One of the questions I get asked more often is, I've had this hoyer, it won't flower. Well, the chances are you have a really healthy, dark green hoyer growing in the shade. Yeah, that's it. Describes ours. Yes. Plants need light. Hoyas need okay. dappled light. They need maybe four hours of morning sun. Never full sun, as I said before, because they're in seventy percent shade the rest of the day, or even full shade. But they need light to flower. Fertilizer. Okay. Fertilizer just makes those flowers better. Okay. But, but it sounds to me like you have a very healthy plant. Thank you very much. My wife up enormously. <laughs> now, when you talk about cuttings, where do you get cuttings from? Okay, so take your cuttings from older growth, not the new growth. So the new tendrils <laughs> are, are the, the young shoots. Um, the leaves will still be very soft. They won't have hardened off. So go back into the plant and find an older growth. Okay, I'll uh, do that. Go well, Brian. Take care, love. Cheers. Bye for now. Can I ask the girls a quick one? Yep, go ahead. Ladies are rang up about the bulbs. Bulbs. I couldn't get get it. Ranunculatus? Ranunculus. Ranunculus, sorry. Oh, beautiful. Uh, They're corms, not so much bulbs. And they have uh, flowers that look like the size of a tennis ball. Well, a little bit smaller, but... Just beautiful, bright colours. Yes, they're just glorious. They team very well with something like daffodils in a pot and they just signal spring. And and there's so many bulbs to choose from, Brian, in your nurseries right now. So it wasn't, it's not a specific ranunculus, is it? Well, there's a, a 
I don't know if there's different types of ranunculus, but ranunculus. There's probably Lots different colours. Um, maybe there's dwarf ones. I'm not sure. John, mm. John, help us out here, please. Yeah, but yeah, ranunculus. That's what you go looking along for. to your local nurseries, Brian, and have a browse. You'll find all sorts of goodies there at the moment. Yeah. Your wife will love them. Oh yeah, she's very keen on flowers. Good. All right, Squire, we'll wriggle on. Thank you for your call. Time. Thanks, welcome, Brian. Brian. Okay, uh, let me see. Margie of Gwellop uses cinnamon on her plants as well. Okay, because, yeah, I have read that you sprinkle a little cinnamon on indoor plants for the fungus gnat issue, fungus and naps. apparently it works very well. Mm. It's... It's cinnamon. It's an old wives' tale, yeah. grandma's tale, but it works. It works. So, so, so why change it? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix, fix it. it. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. I'm going to give away our bigger tree seventy five dollar gift voucher uh, right now. You must be a Curtin and FM member not to have won a prize in the last twenty eight days. Now, bigger trees does have an amazing range of plants and easily one of the nicest nurseries here in Perth. Absolute joy to visit. Constant flow of new deliveries each week at Bigger Trees, providing the best selection and choice. Uh, check out their latest deliveries. Proteas and fabulous leucodendrons uh, have just arrived and it's a great time to be thinking about your camellias as well. Simply search biggertrees.com.au. Online options available. They have a great Facebook page. Have a good browse of that if you'd like to learn more. That's Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. Now, here is your question. This is another John question. Many artists have sung the song Red Roses for a Blue Lady. If the roses do the trick, which flower will they pick next? So I'll repeat the question. You have to think about this one. John likes to make them a little bit difficult. He wants you to earn your $75 gift voucher. Many artists have sung the song Red Roses for a Blue Lady. If the roses do the trick, which flower will they pick next? Give Bev a call on 94841927. Back in a moment. 100.1 And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio with us this morning, Tim Griffin. He's our epiphytic cacti and Hoya specialist, also president of the very same society. And we'll talk to you about that as well, your society. How often do you meet? The third Sunday of every month except for December. Third Sunday of every the month, and where Sunday. and where is that? Because I think that would be a really interesting society to be involved in. We're a very busy society. Mm. Um, as I said, it's it's actually in Bassendine Community Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual address is Fifty Old Perth Road, and we're round the back. I I've been there. Yeah, I went to one okay, of your. Okay, so it really is a matter of just turn yeah, up on the day. I know. The meeting doesn't actually start till two o'clock. Mm. So prior to the meeting, members and guests will turn up from one o'clock. We have plant sales, yeah. mainly our plant sales. So um, the Ripsalis, Serapesias, Hoyas, etc. Um, we have plant sales, gardening sales. So your pots, when we were talking earlier about pots, um, and you were answering the question on the bulbs, Hoya pots, you're better off with squat pots because Hoyas do not have a giant root ball. So 
if you put them in a pot any deeper than six inches, all you're doing is making soggy soil down the bottom. Okay. So people that you may have heard keep them root bound to make them flower. Yes, many times. Not true. One of grandma's tales. Another grandma's tales. Tim's tale. shaking his One head. One of grandma's mm. tales. But they're very forgiving, so if they are root-bound... very hard plant. Yeah. But you do have, me being politically incorrect, princesses amongst them. <laughs> um, Polynura. I've got a beautiful cutting in front of me. Really nice, dark green, thick, hard leaves. I myself struggle with that plant. Is that a cutting you've given me, Fag Harrow? Yes, it is. Yes. Good on you. Very it proud. A, it is a beautiful cutting. And, the and mother... you, if you struggle with it, what me immortals like myself, what chance have I got? How do you go with it, Fag? Well, I've I've got a very old plant. I was telling Tim this morning. It's, it's in a hanging basket that's 30 centimetres across mm. that hangs from about my shoulder height mm -hmm. down to the ground. And it's, it cascades. It's very I old. I was impressed. Well, the mother plant doesn't look fantastic because it's quite old at the top. So maybe I'll just add some more of the new cuttings into a bigger pot and just value add it. That sounds good to me. And yeah. and put it in the show next year. All right. Now I, I, we... when, sorry, when sorry. you mentioned hanging baskets, yes. there's not many hanging baskets actually deeper than six inches. Hang, they back. tend yeah. to be shallower. Yeah, They're that's shallower. true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Hoyas dislike. like them. Yeah, they I, like them. Personally, I prefer the plastic pots. Mm -hmm. So with terracotta, the roots will attach themselves to the terracotta. Mm. So when you need to repot or change something, you're going to damage the roots. Hanging baskets, especially with that open mix I explained earlier, will dry out maybe just too quickly. I see. So I prefer the plastic pots. You prefer a plastic Okay, so a plastic hanging pot, or how do you... Both, both, mm. because Hoyas will do whatever you want them to do. Yeah, you you have train to train them, them yeah, because yeah. that whippy growth is coming out now and it's Goes everywhere. going everywhere, so well, you've got to have a plan. Forget that with Hoyas, they always go back to the Carnosa and the Pubicalyx, which is the large whippy growth, and even the Kerii, the Loughheart, large tendrils. Mm. But you have a lot of smaller Hoyas with different growth habits that really look beautiful in a hanging basket. Can you have one, you can keep them inside, it, by a window, with like in, window. indirect light? Or? I, I mentioned earlier my daughter in, in London, mm -hmm. England. Mm -hmm. She has the most amazing Linaris in her window. Mm. It, it's, it's like a bush. Oh, it just mm. hangs down. There we go. And mm. we'll put 20 to 40 peduncles and flowers. I'd love to see a photo of that. She's mm. in the middle of London. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's the right... Don't ask me how she does it. Right. Because her dad's the president of the Hoya Society. <laughs> ne next to it is my favourite Hoya, which it happens to be Hoya Bella. I was going to ask you your favourite, Hoya Bella, and what colour flower oh, is it? Oh, is that that one? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a white flower. I like it, the delicate ones. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's my favourite looking flower of, of all the Hoyas. Oh. You get the hairy ones and you get the, the more coloured ones, the Comingianas. Why is that one your favourite? It, it just looks perfect. Mm. When, what when colour flower? What colour flower? White. White. But and when so they say Hoya is known as the wax flower, yeah. Um, 
I did know a lady that wanted to make stud earrings from the individual flowers. <gasps> they're, they're that nice, yes. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we do have a winner for our Bigotry gift voucher. Compliments of Kerry, our good friend Kerry from Bigger Trees. We have a winner, Carol. Good on you. Now, Carol has been married for 62 years today. Wowie, Carol, congratulations to you and your husband. That is a amazing achievement. And uh, they're still in the same house. Good on you. <laughs> and Good she loves you. her beautiful garden. Well, happy anniversary, Carol. Yeah, That's fantastic. Absolutely. Now, the question was, many artists have sung the song Red Roses for a Blue Lady. If the roses do the trick, which flower will they pick next? The answer is a white orchid for her wedding gown. So good on you, Carol. Enjoy that voucher. It'll be on its way to you this week in the mail. And do let us know what you get with it. Okay, I think we'll go to a break. When we return, we're talking Hoyas again. We've got Rita in Dunkraig. And we're back. We will be heading to the news at 9am, straight out to the lines. We're in Dunkraig. Rita, thanks for waiting. Yeah, that's all right. I think I had to ring you again because I lost you when I okay. stopped the car. And I'll just get you to turn your radio off in the background if you haven't already. Rita. Yes, Thank I'm you. just going to do that now. Thank, Thank you. you. So how can we help you, Rita? Okay, I hope I haven't missed a discussion on this because I was on the road, but the heart hoyer that you um, yeah, The carry eye. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what's the easiest way to propagate that and can it go in a terrarium? The heart hoyer, if you were to come to my house, is approximately two metres high and one metre wide. So you well, would need a question. big terrarium. <laughs> well, how big's your terrarium, Rita? <laughs> oh, I'm just starting um, to collect a few containers and I'm just going to start that hobby mm. this weekend. I've been getting things ready and... Um, I saw at Bunnings there were a lot of heart hoyers, which were just a single heart shape. That's right. And when I did a bit of research, some of it said, and also on the the little tag they've got, that it might never grow. It might just stay that heart shape and then die eventually. It will live the life of a leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not very long. No, no, it is quite long. They, They will live as a leaf for three years. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no, um... But I might have grown from that. I've grown but, from that. But, but one yeah. leaf, yeah. After maybe one year in that pot, yeah. it will throw out a shoot yeah. and it'll take the top off the terrarium. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. There's your answer yeah. to that, Rita. That's right. It did say that it won't grow into a plant uh, from the leaf, so I was surprised about that. Well, some some do, and they talked about that a bit earlier, Rita. Do you have access to the podcast? Um, I'm not sure. Because th- that's something if people miss the show, they can go back and listen to the podcast. Okay. Which is I on our website, back. Curtin FM website. Yep. Okay. I will definitely try that. Okay. So is it best to do it in water or taking a bit of the leaf and a, um, a root? When you've got, I've also bought, I bought an actual plant that's got quite a few on it. Quite a few leaves. Leaves, yeah, it's an actual so, plant. So if you, want to, if you want to take a cutting, because that's what we're talking about now, 
Yep. Or if, if you want to try, keep it as a leaf. Just cut the leaf very close to the stalk that it's, it's on. But if yep. you take that cutting and pick up a little node from the stalk, it will eventually grow into a plant. Okay. All right. But Thank you very much. Node. Yep. Okay, okay, thank thanks, you very Rita. much. I'll try that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And, Ray, we've received an email from Mel, and this is for Tim. Any advice on growing Hoyas from seed? I have a Carnosa with two seed pods, and she's captured all the seeds. So there you go, Tim. How do we go about growing Hoyas okay. from seeds? So, well, just to start with, she's actually quite lucky to want to get seed pods. Mm. Um, most Hoya growers never see them. Okay. Collectors, yes, because they have so many that so you're bound to see them and get them. And quite often, you don't actually know you had them till the seed pod bursts and you've got these dandelion-like floaties in your growth area. So with seeds, I have grown maybe 20 different varieties, but they're what we call open-pollinated. You do not know the father the plant that you're growing. You only know the mother where you've got the seed pod from. Mm. Um, but grow them, plant them as soon as you can. You really just scatter them or if you've got time, pick them out, uh, put them on your seed tray, spray them all damp, keep them damp um, and they'll take. I just planted uh, 48 fungi seedlings and got 48 seedlings. Wow, um, good strike rate. It, it was excellent, but my next move will be, because I put two per container. Do you, what do you, in, in that mix, that you, is that the mix? It's just my same mix, but I remove the larger pieces. Okay, so that's the mix you Se use, planting seedlings, your seedlings. Yep. Right? Seedlings grow on water. They, they don't actually take much from the soil. Okay. As, mm. as much they've got tiny tiny roots mm. there's not a lot they, they can don't take require a lot mm. yeah. okay got you okay let me see i think we can fit in one more question before the news we're in manning kate good morning good morning hi um just a quick question i've got a bag of the old um rooster booster pellets yeah um because i think it's, it's and i say old it's been sitting around for quite a few years in the back of the shed is it okay to just throw it in the garden? Should I be mixing it up with anything? No, that will that will be fine, Kate. And now's the perfect time. Throw it on the garden, uh, water it in, come back a week later and just um, give the soil a tickle. And, yeah, now's a great time for, for Rooster Booster. Okay, and the same. I bought a, a couple of bags a couple of weeks ago of the cow and sheep manure. Any any good for the garden? Yes. Yep. Get it all on there. Throw it all in? Yep. Okay. Now's the time right. to get Perfect. get gardening for sure. Thank you very much. Good You're on welcome. you, Kate. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. And Chris in High Wickham phoned in and her mum had a huge hoyer in Kalgoorlie in full sun and it had beautiful masses of cascading flowers. Oh, yeah. lovely. Nice to hear. Yeah, and that's Carnosa. It's, it's it's a common plant, but it's a beautiful plant. Mm. Um, well, they, it, it does reward you with a lot of lot of flowers. They are so hardy, aren't they? And I guess mm. you know, there's a lot of um, plants that are well, Nana plants, but because Nana had them, and back in the 60s and 70s, 
we did not have the variety of plants that we have on wow. offer today. No. So things like your aspidistra, the mother-in-law's tongues. Remember the old magazines where there'd be a conservatory or indoor plants, the spider plants. Um, mm. There's just some some old-fashioned favourites that actually look really good. Yeah. They're architectural and they jazz up. A home. Yeah, and we all have them. We all have them. They yeah. were the exotics of yeah. the day. <laughs> oh, were they? Oh, that's <laughs> of a, their that day. Is so funny. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've seen people have, you know, the Hoyas like at their front door in a pot and then they've trained it up around over the front door opening and yep. down the wall and it looks great. And I've seen, I love the way with some of the more delicate ones where they train them on a circle round trellis, round. round trellis. Th- that's very pretty. Uh, the majority of mine are actually trained around a tube right. of dog fencing. Just normal fencing wire, a metre high. Like, like, not like chook fencing? Like, no, not chook fencing's too small and tight. Something right. that's maybe 100 by 100 square. Right. Like sheep fencing. Uh-huh. Uh, take approximately one metre, form it into a circle so you have a tube on top of your basket. So when you train those long tendrils, once around is actually a meter. You might like to answer your phone. And, or is uh, it an alarm? Well, on we'll that go- note... I'm um, going to the news. T- well, thank you, Tim. It's so been welcome. a great pleasure today and to have you, you here. looking after me again. <laughs> you do such a great job. Love to me. have you back. We need you in for two hours, not one. You, okay. make, you make me feel at ease. Uh, right. thank, you. thank you. Take care. Okay, nine o'clock news, everyone. Shower or two developing today. The maximum is charted for 29. We are sitting on 22.4 degrees and 71% humidity. Overnight, you can expect a minimum of 18 and a maximum tomorrow of 26, a shower or two, with a possible rainfall expectation of 8 mils tomorrow, maybe up to 2 mils today. Monday, the minimum overnight will be 15, partly cloudy on Monday, with a maximum of 27. And John gave me our total rainfall for March so far, 2.8 mils, and that just so happens to be the rainfall for the entire year, 2.8 mils. So fingers crossed we can add to that this week. That would be lovely. We have been joined in the studio by Mr Sustainability himself, Chris Ferreira. Good morning. Good morning, wonderful ladies. Thank it's you wonderful for coming to be back. in. It's lovely mm. to have you. Always All is. These hoyas. Oh. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like garlands? Do you like well, nano plants? Oh, I look. I, as you as you predicted, um, I would fall in love with that wax flower. Mm. It is. It is glorious. I've become less and less of a native purist, and oh my goodness! Well, I still natives will always have my my over, heart, overwhelming heart. share, but yeah. there are so many amazing plants. And yeah, how you can just, you narrow it down to just one? And mm. things like even epipremnum, just throw them in water. Love, I'll grow. Love, it's like love. seriously. Yeah. Oh, are you an aroid addict too now? Well, I am, and, oh. I, and I, I, I just like, and even mother-in-law's tongues. I mean, I know they're just. They, they refuse to die and, and they so give and give and give and mm. so architectural, yes. Yeah, so. And outdoor. water-wise. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the name mother-in-law tuck. It's like yeah. they're so... God, it's like, yeah, so I sharp. won't go there. I'm so, so sharp. sharp. And, and unrelenting, <laughs> never gives up. It's like, yeah, you it's a familiar story, isn't yes, it? it could go on and on. All right. So. Reader of Maidavale, um 
said she has cinnamon is an antibacterial mm. and she uses it for striking soft cuttings, puts the stem in honey and then some cinnamon and carefully pots them up. And she says cinnamon is good to keep ants at bay in pots as well. Well, mm. there you go. Just another way to spice up your plants, That's Chris. That's right. And very good for your undie drawer as well, the cinnamon sticks. Okay. <laughs> that what, like the smile off your face. Well, I'm just wondering where that was going. Oh, keep well. them smelling nice. Is that? Yeah, or is it just right. for fragrance? Fragrance. Yeah. <laughs> like, so keep the ants away. Keep the ants away. Maybe yeah. where the term came from: ants in your pants. Ants yeah, in your pants. Right. I have had ants in my robe. I must tell oh, you. Okay. That's ha- that has happened <laughs> now, in the let's past. Let's definitely uh, put that one as a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> we won't follow that one. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Tanya. Yeah. Thanks for calling yes, and right. getting us on track. All right. How are you, Tanya? Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good, Good thank you. And gent. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing at that last comment. <laughs> anyway, I have got, I think it's a tea tree bush. Um, I don't know what the name of it is. It's about four foot high, and the leaves are smelling of oil, right? Now, I'm having a problem with it. It's ra- It's mainly on the probably the last part of the the, the plant itself. Sometimes it's a tip and sometimes maybe about four inches back. All the leaves seem to be clumping together and they're dying and it's spread all over all around the bush. And I've got two plants and they're both exactly the same. So I was just wondering what it is. Do you know we've had calls about these for the last couple of weeks and photos sent in. So mm. I'm thinking yeah. an insect and possibly yeah. a moth that comes in and bores a little hole into the stem and then you what you see on the outside is a bit of uh, clumping of swarf or sawdust from the, the bark or stem of the plant and the caterpillar lives inside of the stalk and then hatches out from that. So often it don't, doesn't kill the plant and many of our native moths would have a relationship with a particular native plant. So... They, like I said, they don't usually kill the plant, mm. but they use yeah. it as um, a host mm. or a habitat. Yeah. It looks as though all the leaves around the stem are glued. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, okay, so... Um, Tanya, I, I would it. recommend you let it um, complete its life cycle and yep. then prune back to tidy up your plant. Yeah. Will it go further or will it just stay at the one spot? Well, once it's finished, uh, it, it will stop, but it may weaken the stem. But after it's flowered, like everything, we give them a tidy up and a cut back. Thank you, but this doesn't flower. Okay. It hasn't flowered, but that, that's okay. I, um, so when do you recommend me I give it a tidy up? Uh, when it either gets too big but you can prune to encourage flowering and making and to encourage the plant to bush up and become tidier now autumn and uh before spring are probably good times not in the depth of winter when often plants are not growing and not in the the full heat of summer okay well i'll i'll give it i'll, I'll let it go and, and just let it be because it could be something that's beneficial so that's all right. Hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Tanya. Good on you, Tanya. Oh, okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Now, I saw you on TV recently. Was it mm. the news? 
It was. Where did I see you? It was. It was the news. And not not uh, with my hand in front of a camera or being put into a car with a with a uh, bag over my head, no, which is always good. Handcuffs. It's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just clarify for the listeners. What was that all about? Oh, okay. So, um, well, you know I've been very passionate about trying oh, to keep do. our beautiful gardens and trees and people assume when they are looking at infill that they have to clear everything. Yes. So um, so the, the news article was all about how the government has launched a whole new medium density policy. This is big news. So it's really moving in the right direction, trying to play catch up and get ahead of developers and say, you can't just clear all your trees when you're trying to do infill development. So we've been doing that for our place and tomorrow is the launch of the apartment so people can come and see. Ah. So so it was really, we were being showcased as a flagship for what is possible what? under these new yeah. medium density guidelines. So yeah. it was it was wonderful to get that opportunity and, and to see it as, as, as an example of what people can do. So what have you done, Chris? So basically, firstly, I revere my beautiful jacaranda called Jackie. We had a focus group. We spent many thousands of dollars coming up with the name for the tree, Jackie. Jackie, so We should be very proud money of that. Money well spent. Yeah, money well spent. <laughs> so she's probably 70 years old and she was the centerpiece of the garden, always was and now always will be. And we put two small apartments in the back garden because the thing that I think West Australians have been conned into believing is we have to build big houses. Yeah. We have the biggest houses in the world officially and the shortest life expectancy for houses as well. So we're knocking down perfectly good houses, building enormous McMansions, which mm. means everything that's lost is the garden and the trees. But only 30% of the demand for houses is big houses. Mm. Lots of people are empty nesters or they're young couples. They don't want a family yet. No. So there is a huge demand. 70% of the demand for housing is small. So we built two small apartments, one on top of the other. So we're going up in a careful uh, and very bohemian kind of way mm. to keep the garden and the trees. And so it's really showing people that you can do the infill. You can get the return on investment you you deserve because the zoning has changed but not destroying everything that you love and something I learned during the week uh, we had a, the planning students from Curtin Uni come and have a, a look out there oh great and beautiful Shane Grieve who's the main lecturer there he said I did a plan like this for a really really wealthy developer about 20 years ago wow because what the Italians and and the other Europeans and the Asian and African communities do they don't spread their kids out to the to, to be at the mercy of no rental properties, etc. They build inwards and they say, we don't want granny living in the house anymore or the 18-year-old doesn't want to live. We'll build them their own little spaces on the same property. Yeah. So we're this perverse community that thinks you have to go out on your own and battle, whereas other communities say, we'll, we'll form our own little community. So that's what he was doing for these wealthy developers, building a lovely granny flat for granny, building a nice outdoor funky apartment for the, for the kids so they could be at home but not be at home. Yeah. So it kind of really made me feel we were in the right direction. And I think, you know, I just heard on the news, you don't, you don't be what you don't see. So if we can actually, it was in reference to sporting and Indigenous sports players. If you see a really good Indigenous sports player, then you think I can be like that. Yeah. So I kind of thought, well, if we put in place an example of what's possible, others will say we can do the same as well. Uh -huh. And have you come up with any opposition to get this off the ground? Like, was oh, it I was it imagine. easy? It wasn't easy. And no, no one will say that they've 
put opposition in there. But there is tacit uh, uh, opposition in the sense banks won't touch this style of development because right. they go, it's too much of a risk. I won't bore you with all the details, but we don't get planning approval for the apartments until, until they're built. It's a thing called built strata. Oh. So that's kind of embedded bias against that sort of thing. So we had to raise angel investor money. But the good news is we believe that there's more and more interest in this because the demographic most at risk of housing vulnerability and stress are women. And so we believe there are lots of wonderful uh, women who are already angel investors in what we're doing who will say, we want to do more of this for our sisters and we will start to get funding so people can do this style of development, mm. keep their trees and build small, affordable spaces and yeah. places. Yeah. And, you know, the backdrop, of course, is, you know, we are all dealing with the ravages of anxiety, depression, loneliness. Mm. fractured communities the mm. only way we can bring people back together is the way we house ourselves mm. and the way we design the little communities in which people live and that's what we're going to showcase tomorrow is what is possible i love that i love i love what you're doing we will talk about that Thank more you. shortly we're in bentley lynn good morning oh good morning good morning what a wonderful um talk on hoyas it was lovely wasn't it lynn have you got hoyas I have one, and I don't really worry about it, and it flowers and does everything. <laughs> Way to go, Lynn. I, mean, oh. I barely give it water, but what I was going to ask you about, the cinnamon. Can I just dab a little bit on the top for more flowers? Or I've never heard oh. of cinnamon. Can I use it for camellias and other <laughs> I don't think that's probably necessary, Lynn, but it, what it does help with, uh, it works as a fungicide. So people, when they're doing cuttings, will dip their cutting in, in a bit of cinnamon and perhaps honey for um, wow. to helping with the roots. And, and these are natural products that yeah. we've probably got in our pantry. Mm. And also you can sprinkle it on your soil of your indoor plants to keep away the fungus gnats. Yeah. So try yeah. that. So it wouldn't hurt just to give it a little bit of a sprinkle on the top of the Hoya, do you think? About a half a teaspoon? It, oh, I don't even think you'd need that much. A little bit goes a long way. I, I'm a bit worried, Ray. I think the supermarkets could sell out all yeah, the cinnamon yeah, this way. Shops. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. yeah. but um, it's, a great, it's a great little tip, isn't it? It is, yeah. yes. Natural. Yeah, absolutely. So how to spice up your gardening. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Really enjoyed that. That was fabulous. We'll, we'll right. get him back, uh, Lynn. We'll get him in again. Yeah, Ray hasn't finished yeah. with him. She's got I some more questions. With him. I did have a lot more questions. Yeah. <laughs> was that Tim? Yeah, yeah, yeah Tim. So Tim, Tim on the way out. Yeah. Ray, weren't you? Beg your pardon? Oh, always excited, Lynn. Yes. Yes. Well, we when just love talking, talking plants. about plants yeah. and flowers, exactly. and we we enable each other. So <laughs> we've yeah, both been right. shopping this week and bought more plants, and mm. even Chris is into aroids now. So, oh, that's oh my right. goodness, that's right. I, yeah, I um, I, even the stilitsias. I'm I'm just loving the mm. big indoor outdoor stilitsias with those beautiful big leaves. The, the bird of paradise. The nicolai, the nicolai, uh, or? Uh, the bigger, taller ones that grow. The nicolai. 
Right. With a blue, uh, blue black, flower. Black and white yes. flower. Mm. They're just... Mm. I'll let you go, Lynn, too. <laughs> She's still on. It might be a bit dangerous listening to this gardening show. I know. We're <laughs> all enablers. That's right. <laughs> you take care of yourself and thank you for your call. All right. See cheers. You. Sorry, I thought I'd better... Um, yes. Let Lynn go. All right. Well, it's a real um, escape, isn't it? When oh. when there's things going on in the world, like to be able to garden and mm. to lose yourself in your plants and pottering, oh, it's propagating. Es- it's essential. It is. Mm. It really is. And I love that, you know, studies all around the world, when they look mm. at the most happy, resilient, content communities, when they burrow down and investigate consistently, wherever the surveys are done, wherever around the world and through history, one of the pastimes, one of the essential ingredients for those happy, contented people is gardening. Yeah, isn't that? And nature. It's just that common common thread. So why is it being destroyed? Well, because we've just become so disconnected from nature and we spend too much time watching TV where the ad break is, buy this now and save. And it's all Mm, about mm. just consumerism rather than... And and that's what I mean. It's so important for us to really challenge this idea of big houses because when you have a big house, you don't have gardens, you don't have nature. And, you know, it goes further. And some of my uh, research fellows, one of them, Hayley Christian, who we're getting to give a talk soon, all her studies are about the links between early childhood development and links to nature. And when kids don't get links to nature, Mm. this is virtually child abuse because we now know through studies that it helps with their physical and their cognitive development. These are fundamental as giving them breast milk. This is this is mm. serious stuff. So mm. when we're building big houses with artificial turf, mm. we are depriving our kids of what's important. And we wonder why they are tearing their hair out and need to be medicated. The poor buggers yeah. need to be outside running yeah. around. Yeah. We're, we're still humans. Mm. We still mm. have exactly the same needs. So so why are we doing it? I think fundamentally because we've just allowed ourselves to drift and what we see is what we replicate. Hence, we've got to show, sorry, so we've got to show, I'm moving closer to you. Um, we have to show people examples of why this is important. It's sad we have to remind people, but we do. Oh, but we do. Yeah. All right. Uh, going to take a short break. When we return, we're chatting with Maggie. And uh, Karen is popping back to, to have a chat with you, Chris. Getting radio. Welcome back. It's 23 minutes after 9, 10 a.m. Jim Crinan will join you with the classic 70s. Straight back out to the lines. We are talking about azaleas. Maggie, good morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Good morning. Good morning. I have a friend who has two large azaleas. They are each in their own pot, but they've been in that pot for 20 years plus. The flowers are not... They're just not flowering very well. And she's not a gardener. Her husband was, but he's not with us anymore. And I keep looking at these things that are about two metres across. Wow. uh, Yeah, and a a metre and a bit high, maybe a bit more than that. The pots are big, but I'm sure they're root-bound now after 20 years. And I don't know that they've had much looking after um they're in semi-shade on the front patio area but i don't know how to help her save these things and she's getting very distressed Mm. that they're not doing what they were doing when they were younger okay (laughs) um 
I think short term, Maggie, they will be coming up to flowering now. So I'd be, I mean, you could repot them now. It would be a big job or find a place in the garden for them mm. Um, mm. because that's that's their long-term thing. Magnificent specimens, so they would absolutely be worth the investment, whatever approach you took. But for now, short-term, you could add a little bit of compost to the top of the pot. You okay. could give it a drink of a seaweed tonic. Yeah. I've, um, been, she's, I've even taught her to do that. Okay. <laughs> the seaweed. And so that... Yeah, okay, I would be. I'd be reluctant to trim it back now because it will have done its work of producing flowers. So, mm. uh, some slow release fertilizer as well. So that will kind of get it through initially, but you, a decision needs to be made about whether it it goes into a bigger pot or whether the roots get trimmed and it gets mm. sized back a little bit, like a bit like bonsai, but mm. not on that extreme. Either that yeah. or into the ground somewhere. And if I can, okay. probably the only other thing yeah. I'd add is that pot could be water repellent. Mm. So yeah, the water very... might be running off the side. So a really good quality wetting agent. And you can now get a fish um, wetting agent as well. So that allows you oh, to be able to okay. give that biological stimulation. But make sure the water is going deep into the root system. Pots oh, are notorious okay. for getting water repellent. So that, yeah. that could be part of it too. Mm. Oh, excellent, excellent. And when the flowering's finished, what would we do then? Because Definitely sure um, prune it back. And, of course, yeah. at, at that time it could could be transplanted and its roots could be trimmed to keep it in kind of that size pot. Okay. I don't think she's got the option of getting them into the ground there. Mm. Um, it's all brick paved out the back. They weren't really into gardens. Mm. But these two plants at the front, she's desperate for them to stay alive and healthy. Right. And yep. I've been trying to get my husband like in the right frame of mind to try and get these things out of the pot and trim, trim the roots up a bit and then um, trim the top. And should we trim the top first? Well, not now. No, but say when they're finished flowering. Yes. Okay, that's okay. Right. Okay, then. Well, we've we've got a big job ahead of us in mm. the... But um, thank you so much, people. You've been mm. a great help. All right. Beautiful. Well, good, good luck, luck with that, Maggie. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Cheers. All right. Now, we have a couple of calls coming in for you, Chris. Karen, mm. good morning again. Yes, good morning. I just want Hi, to Karen. say something to Chris. Yes, morning, go ahead. I was at, your, I was at Chris's place, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago and was very impressed with uh, with the, his the sustainability in his place. And, and uh, you, Yeah, you really, you, don't, you, you, you have your own water and I think you also have your own electricity. You don't need any anything from the government. Oh, okay. So, so remember? Uh, that's the plan. So we are, are mm -hmm. getting a big clunking, a beautiful um, battery storage system coming tomorrow and our heat pumps arrived they look like giant cans of links you know the hideous mm. stuff that boys spray mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that. so oh. the, these are the heat pumps they're yeah. very very sexy looking um <laughs> so um so we're yeah we're, we're you know every I guess that the mantra I say to everyone is we all need to do better with less. That you know, we just had the IPCC report mentioned in the news. You know, the challenge is we all just need to do better with less. Um, so using less water or what water we use, we use it more effectively, and the same with power. 
I mean, the statistic, 42% of the world's population has some high to extreme water scarcity at least sometime during the year. 42% of the population. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 then, and then we are cutting the trees down. And this yeah. is something what I think is so terrible. You know, I come from Vienna originally. And I know we have got a, a law in, in Austria, at least in Vienna, that you're not allowed to cut any trees down with getting a, a permission from the government. And they have to have a look at it. Hmm. And if it really has to go, you have to plant two more trees yes. for each tree you cut down. Why it doesn't. Have yeah. Here? It doesn't solve and, the problem, and our government are very good at giving approvals to yes. cut trees no. down and planting two somewhere else yeah. is not going to no, fix no, no, the no. problem. To, yeah, to, I agree. No, no, no. You have to plant them in the same area. Yeah, you have to plant right. them in your garden, like if you cut down in one in your garden. I know that from because that's where I used to live. Mm. We had to plant more trees, and I'm glad. And what I can't understand here that. For example, that we allow dark roofs. That yeah. is one thing which shouldn't be allowed in this in this place. I, I think There's you could do. You should run for premier. Absolutely. I mean, everything you say is so true, and and the reality. Well, bottom line is, all of us need to be demanding more protection for the urban canopy. And again, the climate change reports. Everything is saying, dudes people we're going to get hotter hotter days the most crazy thing in the world is that we're removing trees and even the the most ardent tree hater and they're out there i always say the hypothetical so it's a really hot day and you're going to park your car at that enormous shopping center car park and there's one shady spot under the tree are you going to park your car there of course you are you know the value of trees and yet somehow you think you can just remove them from urban environments and often say as well where do people get their honeymoon uh, photos taken they never get them in a car park or at welsh pool or some shivering roofs that's right Mm. we all love Mm. trees innately but somehow we believe this idea that you can't have trees in an urban environment I can go on the wealthiest suburbs the most affluent spaces are always trees they're Very not tree, devoid of trees tree. it's so. you know mm. it, it is we just have to tweak and just shift mm. that paradigm a little bit how, how yeah, are we going it, to it, do that bit, Chris that Perth has the lowest density of street can of, uh, of, that's, of, uh, that's can true of Three canopy in, in, in Australia. That's correct. Terrible. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely terrible. It's yeah. disgusting. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a discussion once with Rita Sapiotti, with the planning minister, but she walked away then. Uh. I think she didn't want to dis- argue with me anymore. I think we'll Sorry, have to I'm, continue yeah. this yeah. another yeah. time, We've Karen. We've got other calls to get through as well, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Okay, okay. No worries. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Chris. All the best to you. Thank, Thank you, you, Karen. Keep up the good work yourself. And Rosa of Beckenham phoned in and she certainly agrees with your comments about knocking down houses. Hmm. We're heading to Ascot. Olga, good morning. Oh, good morning. I think Karen has pretty much said, said what, what I wanted to say. <laughs> Spoke for everyone. <laughs> uh, I um, wanted to say something. I think it was in Singapore. They have passed, I think, a law where if they um, clear a, a block, then they have to re reconstitute that type of gardening Mm. either on the roof or somewhere on the building. I've seen a couple of buildings in um, Singapore where they had either a rooftop garden, so the footprint that they cleared is now on top of the building, or they have cascading plants down the side. Singapore is so far ahead, so far ahead on the I know. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wanted to say, why can't we do something similar in Perth where if you take out a tree, you have to put it back somewhere within that vicinity, like Karen said. Mm. I'm absolutely 
heartbroken because they took out an extremely old tree near my place the other day because they are extending the Tonkin Highway. Oh, there's a lot of that. (laughs) Main roads. Don't get me started on main roads. I want to bang their heads together, these engineers. It's, you know, we need... I just... Yeah, I, I just cried. I actually mm. cried when mm. I saw what they had done to the trees coming you know, off to do a slip road. And I thought, mm. there is no need for no, no. all this. You know, Yes, it might be a little bit harder to work around the tree, but mm. you can put up a sound barrier yeah. without decimating the place. And the tree that they took out yesterday, it actually had like red blood type stuff oozing down it. And I thought, oh my mm. Lord, what have you done? This tree's a couple of hundred years old if it's a day because it was ancient when I moved into the street 60 years ago. And yeah, this tree is just gone. So well, Olga, yeah, it, I feel your pain. Me. I know, my heart and, can't take um, it. Yeah. I think we all need to say more. I think we need mm. to have a yeah. voice. Yeah, we mm. do. And yeah. together we we can, even though yeah. they don't listen to us, we have to try. Yeah, we do. Have to. And look, you know, there are some encouraging signs. So, so the whole new statement of planning policy, which is law now, so that's the medium yeah. density codes, is really moving in that direction. Um, there's the Festival of, of Trees, which is in April. So there's about five councils in WA now that are spearheaded this and are moving that forward. So, uh, you know, it's a simple thing of writing to your local member of parliament and saying we need to protect our trees now. And, you know, change will occur. Why do? You, why are they giving everyone an, an insane amount of money back for their energy bills? Because people are really grumpy and they ring in about it. We need to get as grumpy for the removal of our trees. And the irony is the reason why the power bills are so high is because we've got these McMansions with black roofs and no eaves and artificial turf and no trees. So, of course, the power bills are high. So we need to be getting as grumpy. And so supporting those councils, asking your council why they are not... Uh, or if they are supporting and part of Festival of the Trees, give them a big thumbs up and say, how can we do more? And just keep demanding more because that's how the change occurs. Mm. And, and, it's and actually... they need to also, sorry, they need to do a heritage um, yeah. listing on trees yeah, as well do. because some of them have been here for yeah. so long that they need to be, you know, like they do with some houses, their heritage listed. Yeah. So some trees should be done that way as well and yeah it's it's upsetting to see it that is. so much is being bulldozed for no reason i've planted a whole lot of mm. trees in my backyard the pecan nuts because i've found out the black cockatoos mm. like them yeah. i don't pick any of the pecan nuts the cockies get the mm. whole lot yeah. <laughs> so olga well done yes thanks for asking yes. the questions and continue yeah. to do that do and, and let us mm. know who you talk yes. to and yes. what feedback you get I'm going to do the same because yeah. I've got a few issues yeah. on the boiler <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and let's let's be honest here. And as a bloke, I say this with the most with the deepest sincerity. The greatest change has occurred because women get pissed off and they make <laughs> things happen. Seriously. You know, like. Tell and, me about yeah, it. Yeah. And, you know, that anger is palpable. Mm. And, and you uh, and I just say to you, rather than letting it eat you. Because it can, and there's a term for this. It's called solastasia. So it's mm. now recognised as, as a real anxiety. Solace, as in solace coming from the word alone, of, a, single. Well, and yeah. something that nurtures you. So you get mm. solace from a neighbour, okay. and then 
nostalgia. So the solestatia, you are nostalgic. You are mourning the loss of something that you love that was mm. really a part of you. <laughs> so what you're yeah. feeling, Olga, is genuine and it's real and it is a, is, it is a stress. It's a, gr- a grieving It is well. a grieving. Uh-huh. And mm. so, you know, I just say bottle that anger and write to your mm. local member and you are, I think you will be the the squeaky wheel that they will oil, you know, by because that's when the change occurs. It's yeah. simply not good enough that we allow developers to do this. But it's the mum and dads who don't think they have any other choice than to listen to the bloke in the Armani suit who says, "I'll give it all to us. We'll flatten it all, and you'll you'll get a return, and you will." But there are better alternatives. That's why we're doing what we are doing tomorrow. So Olga, you might want to come and have a look at our place tomorrow and you'll see the beautiful trees and showing how we can do development in a better way. Are you still in Hammy Hill? Or I am still in Hammy Hill for my sins. Uh, they haven't let me out yes. yet. <laughs> yeah, I have been there. Beautiful, Olga. Breast cancer care people. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Thanks Thank you very call. much for that. Cheers, okay. Olga. Thank you. Bye-bye. And uh, Linda of Mandurah wants to know if you're homes the sustainable homes are open tomorrow to the public and yes. if so where and when it yes, is tomorrow isn't it it is so yes the yes yes tomorrow that's right um so it's based so if they go onto the forever project website the forever project yep, yes and you can get tickets either online or at the door right and so we're doing tours on the hour from 10 till 3 showing people taking them through everything from how we built to looking after the trees gray water battery storage, solar, you name it. It's and this is from 10am tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's theforeverproject.com.au That's and right. you're located in Hamilton That's Hill. That's right. Okay. All right. Mm. Let me see. I think I'm going to give away, if I can find my papers, uh, our $75 gift voucher oh. from Green Life Soil Co. Do you know yeah. Paul and Linda Michener? Oh. Of course you do. Two of do. my heroes. Heroes. Linda sat at that, in that chair when I was last here. <laughs> <laughs> a Green Life Soil Co. No Perths. Sandy soils are a real challenge to garden in, and they've developed several specialist soil mixes designed to help radically improve moisture and nutrient retention. And for those of you with clay, they can help you out as well. Delivering a greener garden is their company motto and they make their own quality soil mixes and soil improvers to give you excellent results and a greener garden. Green Life Soil Co. is not another soil yard. They're there to help you achieve the garden of your dreams. You can browse greenlifesoil.com.au now. True or false? Firstly, I must say you must be a Curtin FM member. I, I do get tired of saying mm. this. You must mm. be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in 28 days. We have to put that in place because we do have people that oh, will yeah. win prize after prize. We've got, share it around. Yes. got to share the love, okay? True or false? The Tasmanian mountain ash is the tallest flowering tree in the world. True or false? The Tasmanian mountain ash is the tallest flowering tree in the world. Give a call if you know the answer, 9484 1927. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening, and our special guest in the studio is Chris Ferreira from the Forever Project. Mr. Sustainability hmm. uh, is what we like to refer to you as. You're I have a busy my boy. moments. I am a busy boy. <laughs> you are. You are. Do an incredible job out there. Well, thank you. And, you know, I'm mm. just, as I like to say, I'm paid to pontificate. You know, it, it's, it, <laughs> yeah. it's That's a so, new word. Pontificate. So just to sit there and prattle on and be opinionated. <laughs> are, you, are you talking at the Perth Garden Festival? I am. You and are. I'm, and I'm trying to cajole uh, Faye to come and give some talks with me. She'll so, do that. 
it's really <laughs> yeah it's it's it, for me this year it's the holy grail we've actually got yeah. the funding to put in a really sexy waterwise garden and integrate oh, it in great. with Nagaiwa and have it as a seated mm. area so we can give talks and demos blank canvas demos to show people how to turn sand into soil mm. how to do all those things and we'll be hopefully using some of um, Paul and Linda's beautiful product because their oh, stuff really? is oh yeah I oh. love their products um, yeah 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 um, so really empowering people because that's the thing I've always found missing from the show. Beautiful gardens, but people need to see how, how? they're built. Absolutely. How it's done. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, that's right. Yeah. And narrate it and show and bring a yeah. bit of humour and all that. But again, keep drumming the same messages. Trees. We need beautiful landscapes. Get rid of the artificial turf. Have real gardens. Coming I, up eleventh uh, to the fourteenth of May. Yes, yeah. so so definitely this this year. And you know, if I could ban one thing in WA, it would be artificial turf. Oh yes, oh, yes. You want to see the neighbourhood where I live? Well, and you know, that's the kind of stuff where I know yeah. we will look back on it. Yeah. and go a bit like the photos you see of yourself and the appalling haircuts we had and you go, what was I thinking? thinking yeah. And we'll say that with artificial turf, but there's we'll no be, doubt. But we'll be looking at it in the rubbish dumps like it's going to sit there Com for years. Yeah, decompose, exactly. If, if I was younger and into TikTok, which I'm not on yeah. both counts, I'd be starting this thing where, and I might get someone who's young and start frying eggs and bacon on artificial turf in yeah. summer because yeah. it's funny, but it's true because it gets up to 80 degrees. My neighbours have it, and I accidentally, with a bare foot, stepped on it last the summer before when I was hand watering something. Honest to God, yeah. I could I, I nearly yeah. burnt yeah. myself. If you it's, fell over on that yeah. stuff, can you imagine? And you couldn't get up. What it could do to you? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm really surprised that there hasn't been litigation because yeah, uh, childcare centres were using this stuff. That's and then, right. Kids are walking, vomiting, wing, pooing machines. So yeah. you, that stuff goes on there. So it doesn't break down. So it's no. toxic. They're having to use bleach. And then fire, when you have high fire risk areas, if you're putting it in the hills in Kalamunda, ember lands on that, bursts into flame, toxic fumes. It's like this stuff. It, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I just don't there get is it. No, there is no yeah. upside to it. No. Let's go to Mandra. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you all? Good, thanks. How there, can we help you, John? I've got a couple of bug problems. Um, one is in my vegetables. When I water, it's like snow comes up and uh, it's lots of little white bugs running around and like thousands of them. And then uh, they go back into the soil. I'm wondering whether you know what that is. Coming from the soil, well, initially I thought white fly, they mm. come up in mm. clouds. But if they're going back into the soil... Uh, very, it's... very small, but they're moving around. Um, but when I water and, like, um, flood, flood it, they all come to the surface and then, uh, and then they all dissipate back into the soil once, uh, the, yeah, once the water's gone. And what, the what do they look like, John? Well, they've, um, they're very white, they're white and uh, I haven't magnified them as such, but they're, um, yeah, like a little tiny not like a spider, I suppose, but they're minute. I mean, they're pinhead type thing. Well, there are like native organisms that live in the soil and they will come out, mm -hmm. but what I've, you're describing doesn't sound... I've, I think they're white fly and they yeah. might be sort of... Mm. What the water might be getting them to go onto the soil, but I, I, it sounds like white fly to me. Is there any chance of a photo, John? Um, I can I can do that for next week probably I'm travelling at the moment up to Perth so okay. um, yeah yeah I might do that and uh, the the other thing is my frangipanis have got a white 
um, white spots on them, and it's uh, a fluid, like you scratch it, and it's a fluid inside it. Scale. Um, I wonder what that might be as well. Well, that, or is it is it crusty? Like, has something pierced the leaf or the stem, and the sap has come out? Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. If it's um, scale, yeah, it's if still... you scrape it, uh, yeah. it will come off. And if it's yep. alive, it will be juicy and it will squash between yep. your fingers and be exactly. liquidy. Okay, yes, so that could is. be a scale. So a white oil or a horticultural yep. oil sprayed on that will help. Right. It will desiccate the scale and um, you may have to reapply the oil, but it, it should be dead in a couple of weeks and then they dry up and you can just flick them off. Yeah, right. Yeah, Okay. Thank you. I'll um, I'll take some photos of this uh, this other white one. Um, and when I pull my tomatoes out, we um, the old tomato plants are lots of white scale on the roots and everything. Oh, I wonder if you've got mealybug in mm. there too. Mm. But, yeah, that yeah, sounds send, more like. Send us a photo of that as well, and we'll see what we can find. Okay. All right, that's great. All right. Thanks, John. Okay. Yep, all the best. All right. Bye. And we do have a winner for our $75 gift voucher from Pauline Linda Michener of Green Life Soil Co. Now, our question was, true or false, the Tasmanian mountain ash is the tallest flowering tree in the world? The answer is true. (laughs) The giant redwood is actually taller, but as it's a conifer, it doesn't flower. So the answer is correct. It's true. So good on you, Joan. $75 gift voucher on its way to you. Compliments of Paul and Linda Michener at Green Life Soil Co. Let us know how you go. Let us know what you get up to with your voucher. We always like to know. We live through our listeners. (laughs) We're in Rolly Stone. Maria, good morning. Good morning, how are you? We're well, thank you. Yes. I've, I'm not so much, this is a mixture of a question and I suppose a complaint. We moved up to beautiful Rolling Stone right up near the Araloo and Golf Course uh, you know, four years ago now and I've got a real passion for sustainability, uh, being environmentally friendly and doing everything I possibly can and I, it breaks my heart when I hear the other viewers talking about these trees and suburbia. What I find interesting, we've got the most massive Mara, Mary and Jarrah trees on our property. Mm. I love with a passion. But boy, oh boy, do they make a mess. And mm. it's very, very difficult to grow anything underneath. Mm. So I painstakingly, every week, um, rake up leaves, literally truckloads of these leaves. They don't make very good compost. Well, they don't seem to make uh, very good compost. Um, what, what can I do with those leaves? You know, I, I'm just wondering if, if, there's, if there's something that I can use to actually turn it into a better compost. I'm, uh, it's great that you love those beautiful trees. Um, I often say that eucalyptus leaves are like a plate of Brussels sprouts. Oh, they, no. They only become edible when you put other really good foods on them. And, They're not and, good to compost, yeah. are they? Yeah. Well, yeah. in other words, you need some the, the metaphorical gravy. So, in other words, the, the, they will get broken down, but you need to then mix them with stuff that's got higher nitrogen, so the greens. And if you can chop yeah. them up so that increases the surface, area so putting them through a mulcher but mixing them with other things like veggie scraps and manures they will break down and and produce some really fantastic yeah i've got got two massive big black compost bins from bunnings i've got all our veggie scraps in yeah 
But the, when I'm talking lease, I'm talking, you know, the big green bins that you get yes. from the council, um, because cosmic compost, and we don't really create rubbish, I fill two of those up every week, mm. and I've still got gardens full. So well, welcome to my doing? world, Maria. <laughs> yeah, um, could, could I put, like, a grab the tarpaulin over them or, or something? Cause, and also getting enough of the green goodie stuff to put into it is a Maria, I will answer this question when we come back from the news. So, um, you not mean, the you news, mean a break. A break. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep yes. listening and I'll follow yes. up with what I do. Oh, and, and, and also just a very, very quick one. Can you please um, appeal to the public to stop whinging when we have to do a little bit of a burn-off? We're, we're trying to be green, but we also need to be safe as well. We'll talk about that when we come back. Beautiful. Thanks, okay, Maria. Thanks, thanks Maria. Okay. Back in ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. And when we return, we will be having a chat with Alan. He'd like to talk about his mango tree. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Rand Fay and our special guest in the studio from the Forever Project, Mr. Sustainability, Chris Ferreira. Hmm. Straight back out to the lines. We are in Forestfield. Alan, how are you going? Oh, very well, thanks, ladies. And, um, yeah, uh, a friend of ours uh, uh, has got this mango tree and she had quite a, a bit of fruit on it. I do gardening for her and she was asking me uh, when is the right time to, to actually prune it and also um, will the, or, or do the fruit grow on the new wood or the old wood, please? Ooh, well, definitely the time to prune it is after you've picked the fruit. And um, I'm pretty sure that it grows on new growth. So what what you can do is just thin it out, um, cut out anything that's crossing over, open up the tree, and by encouraging new growth, you'll get more branching, more new growth, more flowers, more fruit. Okay, then. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, she, she wants it cut down... Um, quite a bit, it, like uh, height-wise, and uh, um, but yeah, it doesn't get a lot of water, but gee, it gets a lot of fruit. Wow, that's fantastic! Mm-hmm. You shouldn't cut a tree back by more than a third, Alan. Yeah. No. Okay then. Sure. Okay. All right. Thanks okay. for your call. Good on you, Alan. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thanks a lot. Bye. And Let's Talk Gardening mm. was sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery and a free bag of your product when buying six bags or more. Okay, we're in Kijikana. Kerry, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? Very good, thanks, Kerry. How can we help you? Uh, I just wanted to touch base on, you were talking about the solar panel there. I'm sorry, I forgot the chat's Oh, name. Chris, yep. Chris, there you go, mate. Yeah, good, buddy. Um, I've been listening to a few shows, especially one on this radio, and I hear people talking about solar. There's a little bit of misunderstanding, I think, out there. Well, certainly not misunderstanding mis- um, bad guidance. I've been living with solar. I've been off grid for over 30 years up here. We run off a battery system, generator backup. Um, quite comfortably spent many years. People going, you can't do it, and we're doing it. But you were talking about heat pumps. I've had experience with heat pumps, and while they are better than the standard old-fashioned uh, electric hot water system, uh, still not really battery friendly. 
Mm. And still pull too much power. Mm. So it depends on the system you're setting up, I guess. Mm. If you link to uh, power systems and grid, it's probably going to be fine. Mm. If you stand alone, you're going to have to have a big system to run those things. Yeah, and, and it's interesting you say that. So we literally had it installed yesterday, um, and it's 180 litres, so it's smaller. Um, yeah, and yeah, so I think he said it was 340 watts. So yeah. n- not not a massive consumer. We are still going to be connected to the grid. Um, yeah. But these are small apartments and small families. So we're, we're hoping that, yeah, it's going to be... Well, if you're still grid connected and your battery system will be different to mine. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. That's more based with educating people about when they're setting up batteries. Um, my, my, my hot waters were only 130 litres. Mm-hmm. I'm fine through summer when I didn't really actually need it because I run um, evacuated tube systems on my roof. Terry, I'm just wondering if we can put you back to Bev and get a contact number and continue this yes. conversation yeah. later because yeah. we're, we're yeah, running out of time, time now. That's fine. I just wanted to put that out there so that people actually have a little bit more of a look and don't believe all the experts. Yep, mm-hmm. sure. Thank Barry, you very I'll, much I'll, for that. I'll put you back to Bev, Kerry, and appreciate your call. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, because we've only got three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And You've yes, got a couple of emails Yes, I like. need to get through a couple of things. Ken from Dinella has asked uh, for advice regarding native non-invasive shrubs and ground covers uh, for his garden. So I've come up with a, just a short lift list uh thryptamine lovely little flowering plants um can be trimmed uh they're flowering now bringing lots of insects and butterflies so that's thryptamine grevilleas of Mm. which there are a range Mm -hmm. of sizes colors and shapes of course bottle brush Mm -hmm. um scavola Mm, acacia or wattle there are some ground cover ones and some gorgeous little shapes uh, and Prostanthera, which mm, is the beautiful. lovely native mint bush. Yeah, gorgeous. And anything you can uh, add to I'd that? I'd throw the Aeromophilas in there as well. Yeah. The mighty Aeromophilas. The Verticordias. Some yeah. beautiful little vert- Verticordias. Even some of the Corias. I was going to say Corias. Camellia. Uh, Camellia, yes. Mm. Um, and then, of course, for a little bit of strap leaf colour, some Lamandras. They're, they're the f- in the first 11 to me. They're always this. And so Dianella. I was going to say Dianella's is great for Hemiandra. Hemiandra. Oh, my God, so tough. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and our friend who was struggling to get plants to grow under the trees, Herbertia scandens. And it's interesting oh, how yes. the, the curtain... Uh, Landscapers have put Herbertia scandens under all the big figs because nothing else will grow, and it's yeah. growing like a. It probably is going to be a weed in the next few years, but they're mm. so tough and beautiful. And yeah. the blue banded bees will come in oh, for them they too. They do love them, mm. don't they? You're right. Yeah. Um, and another email that has come in, and this is from Josephine. She's got a Prostanthera in a pot, and to me, it looks like the pot is. It's potted too low, low down in the pot and the plant has died back. So it's either dried out or it's mm. got too wet. I'd get it out of that pot. I'd check the roots, either put it in the ground or put it into uh, another pot. But keeping the potting mix mm. up to the top of the pot. Very she's, she's also sent in photos of a couple of um, cuttings of frangipanis, one has got a, a hollow hole at the end of the stem mm. and that could be saved by cutting further up the stem. So taking another cutting basically into the healthy growth 
letting it dry out and then replanting it. So starting from scratch. So potentially that could be saved. And I'm sorry about the other emails. We're just not mm. going to run, um, have enough time to get through them today. Okay. All right. We need to wrap up. Chris? Thank you. Thank you so much. Good luck with tomorrow. Thank Let's you. repeat your details. Mm. Uh, people can go online to access all the information that they need to know about the launch tomorrow in Hamilton Hill of the Eco Apartments. Uh, it's theforeverproject.com.au. Mm. That's an easy one, theforeverproject.com.au. Thanks thank for sharing. You. Oh, Squire. and thank you. You guys are just always great supporters and to all your wonderful listeners out there, keep gardening. And remember, <laughs> you know, the garden should be the biggest room of your home. I guess that's the great mantra. Love yeah. that. Okay. Mm. that will... Oh, there's our homework for the yes. week, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're working on it. Beautiful. All right, everybody. Thank you for your company. Thanking Bev Derring and John Glidden. Coming up next is Jim Crinan with the classic 70s. Then from 12 noon, we do go country with Brendan T. And Born in Boots, have fun, everyone. Happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.